0: You are what you are in this world. That's either one or two things. Either somebody, either nobody. A lot of this is behind the scenes or under the hood. It's time to just look under the hood. No stone should be unturned. I don't even know what that means. Look under the hood. I got an engine underneath my hood. Most important thing in business is honesty. Integrity, hard work.
1: Family. Never forgetting where we came from. Hey, pop the Pop the hood? Pop the hood?
0: Pop the hood. Welcome to the Under the Hood Podcast with Jonathan Hood. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to the Under the Hood Podcast. I'm Jonathan Hood with you every Saturday. Getting your weekend set up right. As always, I appreciate everyone downloading the podcast. And I hope that you've been able to go back and listen to the archives of the Under the Hood podcast. We've had some terrific guests. We had Stephen Gaither, the founder of HBCU Game Day on. Really interesting conversation with him. And, of course, since I've been doing the Saturday podcast, it gives me the opportunity to just kind of wring my brain out and just kind of talk to you about what's on my mind. First and foremost, our under the Hood podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. There's no better place to get in all the action for football, everything else with DraftKings at Casino Queens Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. Uh, if you haven't done so, download the DraftKings at Casino Queens Sportsbook app. Uh, DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook has a promo code. It's WMVP. WMVP is the promo code. Uh, if you'd like to be able to jump in on that when it comes to sports gambling. Uh, Speaking of WMVP, thank you so much for the support. Uh, I've been with David Kaplan doing mornings since August 17th. That was the time that the station uh, changed its schedule, and I went from evenings to mornings. And uh, I just want to thank you so much for the support. I've, if you have been on the Internet, you probably have seen uh, some columns or conversations about how well the station is doing, and that is because of you. So thank you so much, as always, for supporting our show. We're having a fun time, a blast. Uh, I know I am doing 7 to 10 with uh, David Kaplan for our morning show. So thank you. If you have listened once, if you listen every day, thank you for your support. I really appreciate it. And uh, interesting week because we were able to review two Bear games in one week. You know, one side of it is the Bears and their loss against the Indianapolis Colts and how pedestrian the offense looked and how the defense, you know, was was hang they really hung in there, I thought. And it was an opportunity for the Bears to break through at home and they did not. And then we see on Thursday night the Bears went against Tampa Bay. It's so funny about the National Football League, right? How likely it is for the Bears to beat the Colts in an aging Phillip Rivers, even though that offensive line, defensive line for the Colts are very strong. You kind of thought that maybe Foles will be able to break out. The offense would break out. It did not. But yet the Bears, a few days later, beat the greatest to ever do it, Tom Brady, in that offense. Yeah, they had injuries. Yeah, they had a lot of people that are not available. But you still gave Brady the benefit of the doubt because he's always been able to find a way. Except Thursday, he was not able to find a way. Uh, the Bears win that game. And uh, I always like to hold our teams accountable. You know, I know that for those that have listened to me for a long time, if you're a longtime listener of mine, you know it's about holding our teams accountable. You know, the, the idea that people just root for laundry and anything that the Bears do is great and, and is just nonsense. Um, my job is to be able to hold our teams accountable because I know what it looks like when you win. I know what it looks like when you're at the mountaintop, and some just just believe that, you know, everything the Bears do is great. Um, when the Bears win, everything is, is positive. Yeah, mostly is positive. But for me, when I look at teams that I root for, teams that I watch, I look for in, incremental success. Like, how can the Bears be able to be even better for the next game, In the next game? How do you climb that mountain? Uh, so you take the wins as they come. There's no doubt. You don't take that away, but you always expect more because the team expects more. Uh, so my expectations are Nagy's expectations. And some people always get that twisted, which I, I don't get. Like I'm a fan, but also I'm a fan with a keen eye and have expectations. Some just say, Oh, the Bears won. So it's all good. It's great. It's great. like, it is great. It's great for the week. But then you want to have that same momentum. You want to continue to do this. I'll tell you a quick story, real quick. Some people believe that if the Bears go 3-13, and 13, that's great for me. That's great because we could just be negative 13 weeks out of 16. That's not true. That's not true. What you want is a team like the Bears now, where if you're not sure whether or not they're are a playoff team, not sure if they're going to be a great football team. I'd rather have that. I'd rather have a 4 and one team to talk about and talk about all the great things about the 4 and one team and how they can get better for the next week than to talk about a team that's the drizzling shits. I would never want to deal with that. But more times in my career than not, talking about Chicago Bears football, I've talked about a team that's not been very good. So the idea that I root for them to be horrible or anyone in my profession roots for them to be bad, uh uh-uh, can't do that. It's much better this way. (laughs) There's a lot more positives and a lot more things to look forward to than knowing a team that's only destined for the draft. Uh, how about the, the Lakers? Uh, I'm going to call my cousin Wiley in just a second because uh, LeBron James, here's my thought on LeBron James. LeBron James is one of the greatest basketball players I've ever seen. To a certain generation, like the millennials, they see LeBron as their Michael Jordan, and I have no problem with that. Uh, how... How Gen Z, how millennials look at LeBron is how baby boomers looked at possibly Chamberlain or Russell or, or, or basketball players of that ilk during that time. But there's something with LeBron, the Lakers decide yesterday that they are going to wear the dark uniforms, the Kobe Mamba uniforms, and then they lose in those uh, Mamba uniforms. They've never lost when they've worn those Mamba uniforms until last night. Jimmy Butler had a big middle finger up. He's like, oh, is this our funeral? How about this? How about we beat you in those black uniforms? I got to talk to my cousin Wiley about that and a few other things. My crazy cousin Wiley loves sports as much as I do. I'm going to give him a call right here on our Saturday edition of the Under the Hood podcast. Ah, nothing like a Saturday morning with my crazy cousin Wiley who loves sports as much as I do. Here on the Another Hood podcast, what's going on, man?
1: What's going on, Kuzo?
0: I'm good, man. I'm good. You, you've been you've been uh, absent in my life lately. I, I think it's because, since Trubisky lost his job. Can't find you anymore. I don't know what happened. As soon as Foles took over, can't find you. Well,
1: yeah, I, I'm, I'm still in mourning right now. <laughs> like, that was uh, that was a really tough kill to swallow. <laughs> Yeah. As this big, have, uh, as
0: this big Trubisky fan, like uh, I know that you were all about MT10, and then he loses his job in Atlanta. Where, where you been? Well, I mean, I have a lot of uh, number ten
1: jerseys to retire
0: in my household,
1: so <laughs> you know, trying to figure out uh, what to do with him. So, yeah, it's uh,
0: tough. Time. I said it. I said it at the time. I said at the time. I said I was very surprised that Mitch was pulled in Atlanta because I thought, okay. I don't know if the Bears win the game, if he's in there or not, but you have to give him the opportunity because it is Atlanta's defense, right? And so as I was watching it in real time, it was around 2 o'clock on that Sunday, I'm like, wait a minute, why is Foles in there? Yeah, the offense doesn't look good, but it wasn't to the point where it was so bad that he should have been pulled. I said that at the time, so it surprised me. Well,
1: I think uh can't make up his mind as far as the. And I think he was looking for pretty much any reason to uh, to make the switch. And once Trubisky threw that really bad interception, it's like, hey, you know what? And he, he made the switch because we've seen the, up until the last uh, couple of minutes of the first half of the Tampa Bay game, on the same offense, Maybe once. Mm-hmm. He He had, he had scored he had scored three points for in the previous six quarter. Three points. Outside of that garbage I mean outside like that garbage time touchdown um the week before. They had scored three points. You know, and we had seen the more um, the veteran quarterback make some of the same mistakes. And sometimes sometimes possibly worse than the ones that uh Trubisky was making. But I think there's a comfort level that Maggie has with both. So it's like, hey, you know what I like this guy a little bit more. Um, I, I have an experience working with him. Want to Super as Every the player, let let you roll with him. But, while well, I don't think Foles is a terrible quarterback. I don't think he was either. Uh, I think the offense is going to begin with Maggie's getting his head out of his out of his butt. You know, because you know we're seeing some of the same problems that, that we that we talked before. Uh, no flexibility with the offense. Like, phone comes to them um, when they're in the, in the, near the goal line, you know, in the red zone, like, hey, I'm seeing something. And Maggie's response to was, well, we can't change it because we didn't practice that during the week. Right. Who cares? You know, like, it's the same thing we're seeing with Tiffany. Well, we're only focusing on the things we practice. Well, why is that? You know, like, uh, you have to have some playing outside of what you practice you know like you have to be willing to adjust to the games in front of you and you know he seems
0: to be unwilling to make those adjustments well you are right when you say that in the Colts game that some of the throws we saw from Foles were similar to Trubisky but yet Trubisky got pulled and Foles did not now it's interesting that in the in that game and also in the First half of the Tampa game, Trubisky's name started to trend again. People was like, "Well, maybe they should re switch." Like, but but my point is with all this is that you know it's funny how how uh, Matt Nagy just closed the door completely on Trubisky. He was just like, "No, nah, moving forward, Foles is gonna be our guy." Like no matter like no matter what, so Foles could be complete ass for like three games in a row, and you're not gonna go back to Mitch. Like it's, it, I understand that if you have two quarterbacks, you have none, but the point is though, Wiley is like, he completely closed the door on him and that that's fine, but people have to understand that Nick Foles is not necessarily the savior. He was for the Eagles, but the idea that you you have someone that is quality back there, like he can really turn a team around, well, maybe for the short term, but not for the long haul. I don't see it that way.
1: Yeah, he, he doesn't have a, a record of success. Like he has made made a lot of money off of uh that that brief playoff run that the land was football for the eagle. Yeah. But outside he hasn't done much in his career. I mean if, if you look at the if you look at the you know, compare the numbers for their career, look looks better. You know, but we we saw uh foes beat Tom brady you know like oh well he beat brady let's pay the man like the jaguars will love him so much mm-hmm. they were willing to take a 30 plus million dollar cap hit this year to walk away from him you know like hey you know what we've seen enough of this guy <laughs> we know he will not be able to sustain that match we saw in the playoff run let's just take this cap hit and let's move on with the with the quarterback who is not really good. You know, we'll we'll take Gardner over him. Right. And that's kind of how they they move forward. But I, I think there's the a, a case of like stubbornness from that. You know, like, he was brought in and now he won't be the first guy who uh who lied on the job interview. You know, he was brought in to uh to develop Trubisky into um into a competent or, you know, at least really good quarterback. And least seen flash of what Trubisky could be if he was consistent. But, you know, that's it. Because you have a coach who's like, hey, I see what their quality, your good qualities are, you know, and I see things you bad. So we're going to run an offense that's focused on the things that you don't do well. You know, it's like you have to make adjustments to then pitch your quarterback, to pitch your your offense that you currently have, you can't look at Mahomes and say, hey, I want to do what Mahomes is doing. Right? We all just, you know, we don't have Patrick Mahomes, unfortunately. You know, so we can't we can't run an offense that that has Tyree Field, you know, and the weapons that they have because we don't have those same players. You know, like our... Allen Robinson probably would be the fourth option in <laughs> Kansas City. He's, oh, by, wow. by far, our number one option.
0: Oh. You know,
1: like that... So, like, the talent-wise, it's just completely, completely different. And and I stated this thing, I think Maggie is a really good head coach. I think how he keeps that team together, like there's no leaks, you know. And I know the defense has to be piss motion, you know, and they, but he still managed to get that team together. So I think he's really good at, as a head coach. But when it comes to calling plays, I think it's probably time to you know go to Bill Belichick route. Let
0: someone else do well I tell you yeah. what uh, if if Nagy wasn't calling plays he'd just be standing there he'd be like McCarthy in Dallas like McCarthy's not calling those plays like he was in Green Bay he's just a traffic cop he just he just standing there like I mean if Nagy Nagy could be there as a motivator but if he didn't have a play sheet in front of him he'd be useless because he didn't have any like uh real imagination defensively I mean that's what Chuck Pagano's for and I always think like you, you fired a couple of guys on the offensive side of the football on the staff and by the way if people forget. That last press conference the Bears had before when the season ended, Wiley, like he was like, "Oh no, we love our staff, everything's great," and he fired like two coaches or three coaches two hours later. So, right. <laughs> so, so, but it's like I don't know what John DiFilippo Filippo does if Nagy's always calling the plays. You know, it's like, and a perfect example of of what I'm talking about is you saw in the game. I think it was the second half, maybe third quarter, where Foles has got things going. And then, like, all of a sudden, you know, he's 7 for 7. He's matriculating the ball down the field. And all of a sudden, they're up-tempo, and then it just stops. And then Foles on the sidelines is like, why did you stop me? Like, we were going in a tempo, and, and Nagy's like, no, let's stop and let's try to evaluate. And he's like, well, if we're going tempo, we got the defense in our heels. Why are you stopping me? It's 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 interesting And I I said this on Friday with with Kaplan. I said, you know, it's going to be it's Nagy's way or the highway. Right. He'll listen after the fact, but whatever he thinks is right, he's going to do it. And to me, you have to have some trust in your quarterback to do the right thing. Even a veteran like Foles. Right. If you, if you think yeah. he's if you think he's washed or not, whatever, you still have to trust your quarterback in his natural instincts instead of just like, no, I, I want you to throw this, you know, this uh, one yard out to Patterson. Well, I think that quarterback should have the ability to audible, too. But that's just me.
1: I, I agree, and I and I think that's just being so rigid when it comes to play calling, when it comes to preparation. You know, like honestly, a lot of some of the, the best play we saw from Trubisky was when he was there was an offensive offense, or he was calling his own plays. you know, it's not the net, like just playing backyard football. And we saw when this thing both. the offense looked really good. They were at least moving the ball when he was just kind of, you know, playing up the ball and, and doing his thing. And then Maggie was like, "No, we, we must call this, this screen that hasn't worked in three years, <laughs> but I believe it's going to work right now." You know, oh, it didn't work. Sh- shoot, but okay. Um, well, let's let's run let's pin the ball off to Patterson because you know he's going to get a big chunk. Oh, he's still big. All right, fourth down. Uh, all right, we'll just get the billboard. Like <laughs> you're, you're killing your, you're killing your team. Like you have to be flexible. You have to be like, whatever you saw on game film, that that's great. You know, you, you prepared for it, but you have to be able to prepare for things that you may not see. You know, and I think that what we're seeing now is some of the things that Trubisky was actually saying. Like, hey, well, we need to see this, so we can. We couldn't adjust to it. And, and we are like, oh, well, Trubisky is just, you know, he, he's an idiot. He is, he, maybe he is. Maybe he is. But but we're seeing the same things now. And Paul isn't an idiot. Like, because the coach isn't willing to make adjustments beyond what he's prepared for. You know, and that's a sign of someone who probably shouldn't be calling play.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you, you know, it, it's, you know, working this show every morning, I think that more and more of the audience is realizing and the, the people that listen to this podcast or people that listen to uh, me when I was doing nights, they already know, but it's kind of like um, informing this new audience that like, I am not against the bears. I don't think I know that you're not against the bears because you're a big bears fan. But the point is, is that we just have, we've seen this before, right? We've, you want to be able to hold teams accountable. And, we both know what it looks like when it's right, like watching Kansas City, you know we we see the New England Patriots when they won all their Super Bowl championships. We know what it looks like when it's right, and I just look at the Bears week to week, and with them being four and one, that's a that's great for this Bears team because I didn't expect them to be you know win four out of their first five games, but I look at them as saying, "Hey, it's great that they're four and one now how can they capitalize on that the next week?" You know, so, some will classify what we're talking about as hate or, you know, taking a look at the team and, and tearing them apart. We're not doing that. We're just saying how you can get better from week to week because, you know, tomorrow's not a promise to the NFL. You can lose the next four or five games. I don't expect them to do that, but I think I think when you're an adult, you hold your teams accountable and root at the same time. I think you can do both.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that. Uh even as a meatball biter fan, you know, you understand it's playing. So, you take a step back, it's like, you know what, I want them to win all 16 games, or you, know, you can keep the playoffs, probably won't happen, but, okay, what does this team do well? Um, what are their flaws, and how can you hide their flaws, so they can win more games? Yeah. Um, and, I think, defensively, like, they're still really, really good. I wouldn't say, you know, like they're not two thousand eighteen not quite there. It was nice to see um a Khalil little max show for work on Thursday. I'm yeah. happy for that. Um but like officially, they're not hiding their flaws. You know, and, and not not frustrating as a as a as a bear thing. You're like, hey, you know, you do these things well, let's do more of those things. You know, and I to to your show, uh, I think during the summer and you had a caller you know, uh, referred to Trubisky as January uh, in the in the Bears' calendar. Of failure. Yeah. <laughs> and, I really, and, and I think really that that's Nagy now. You yeah, know, I, think, I think that's Nagy, and I think we're starting to see that. You know, Nagy's stubbornness has been holding Dolphins back. Whatever it could potentially be, um, and and I think he's a really a really good head coach, smart guy. And you're like, at some point, you have to, you know, take a step back and, and, and see like, hey, you know what? I'm not a, a good job at this. Or let, let someone else call to play for half, the quarter, you know, just to get a different feel for the game. And maybe you'll see something different. Um, because he, he didn't have a lot of experiences with that in Kansas City. And, and I'm, I fear that we'll waste, uh, a great defense before he figures out how to, consistently
0: be a, a good play call. Yeah, I, I said that it, this Bears defense may not be the Fangio defense, but that's okay. Like, you're still top five, top ten because of your personnel. Um, I love somebody clapping back at me yesterday. It was like, you know, because I said on Thursday, hey, you know, I want the Bears to have more splash plays defensively. You know, it, it's a Mike Tomlin reference. Like, I want more splash on my defense, right? And so, you know, it's it. we can look at all these numbers all we want, Wiley, and we'd be like, hey, you know, the Bears are top three in stopping the run or top five in this and top that. But man, unless you got the quarterback on the ground or making it very difficult for him on hurries, I don't care about any of those numbers. And then somebody said, oh, you know, here's your splash plays. I'm like, well, yeah, like Khalil Mack for the first time all seasons actually get able to get to the quarterback he had to hip toss some dudes but he finally got there you know like like that's the whole thing like I know it won't be fangio's defense but it's good enough to keep you in a ball game like they gave up 10 points in the first quarter and then the rest of the time uh Brady could not get home and so i was right. i was happy with that yeah i i
1: thought they played really really well um and it was like they had it was sort of like a safety game for them. it was like hey you know what we don't really care what the offense is doing you know, we're going to make sure you don't score them, And that's what they did. You know, they, they kept them out of the end zone and took the ball away uh, with the, uh, with the, with the fumble and gave the offense a chance to get back to the game in the first half. And that's what you want to see from a, a, a Chicago Bears season. So, really excited about the defense, really, really, excited, really excited to see uh, Khalil Mack show up for work, um, Cal Fuller, <laughs> Is probably, I mean, yeah, you, you know, Khalil Mack has been showing up on, on payday with a ski mask on, you know, for, <laughs> for a while now. I know, I know the analytics, you know, we're like forced to become analytical uh, thing like, well, whoa, he's, he's, he's the, the blocker, you know, most of the time, well, don't care because he sacked the quarterback? Right. You know, like, tell me when he sacks the quarterback, tell me when he calls it the fumble, um, and we saw, like, the splash play, but... The defense is playing well, um, and hopefully it continues. Um, he had, what, like, 10 days to prepare for the Colts, but he still wanted to see able to board from the offense. And until you think you can see, you know, just just give me the Jim Miller there's offense, and I think we can go pretty far
0: in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, it's only been a couple of times in our lifetime where the offense looked good. Jim Miller, Eric Kramer, Jim McMahon. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you're younger than me so the 85 Bears I remember that team and actually that offense wasn't awesome it was just good enough you know um, so looking at the next few games tell me this let's see it's at Carolina and Teddy Bridgewater it's at the Rams that is a Monday night game uh, against the Rams and golf the New Orleans Saints is week eight and the Titans is week nine so I will give you four games. What will the what? How many games will the Bears win in those four?
1: As a as a meatball fan, um, I think they can win all four. Uh, yeah, like the, the Carolina game, like Bridgewater doesn't scare me at all. Like I, I think he's um, a, a decent quarterback, but somewhat overrated. So I think Bears defense will won't have a problem with him. Uh, I don't think golf. I think golf has been—it's not really a really good quarterback, but his coach does a, a great job of hiding—at least attempting to hide his flaws. And we saw uh, a couple of years ago when the Bears exposed him. Like the Bears exposed him as a quarterback, and he was never the same. He still has to be the same, other than a couple of games here and there. Um, so I think the is hiding his flaws, and I, I think we'll. You know, just be able to contain him. Uh, the, the safety is more of an issue. Even though I think 2 Brees is, you know, is, 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 pretty much done. You know, I, I still think that their, their running game and their weapons on offense, uh, could create commissions. Um, because I look at all these games, it's like, you have to stop them from scoring. You yeah. can hold them under a certain number of points. You have a chance. Because I don't necessarily think the offense to explode, uh, so the Saints and the uh, the Panthers game, I maybe mean not the Panthers, the Panthers game learned the most because, but uh, trying to stop Derrick Henry, you know, I, I think that's going to be a, a struggle, you know, all game because we're we're struggling with stopping the run, we don't run it back, you know, when we're talking about um, Kamara, uh and and Henry, two of the elite running backs in the NFL. You know, that's why pretty tough consistently uh not vote. But you know, I'm I'm hoping for uh I would
0: love to see uh we'll two four, but I'm thinking more likely than not we'll probably put it for game I think that's fair. Um I could see I could see t- at worst two and two, at best three and one. I don't know if they can uh I'm not sure that they can beat Tennessee on the road. Uh but we'll see. We'll see. That's going to be a, tr- a strong test for the defense because of Derrick Henry on uh, that game in the eighth. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, I want to ask you about the uh, the NBA too. Um, this bubble life has been amazing. Just how these p- players All been right. able to stay in this. I mean, that's uh, yeah, that's amazing that they have that testic- you know that that um, that fortitude to be able to stay in that bubble. Uh, and so here we are with the finals. And Jimmy Butler is saying, "Okay, you're gonna wear those mom black uniforms. It's our funeral. How about this? How about we beat your ass? How about we all win? Right. How about we win again? Now the Heat may lose this series. More than likely, they will. But it's not like Jimmy Butler's going out with a fight. I'm, this is the thing I'm looking at the most Wally, with this. It's, it's one thing to look at LeBron more than likely going to win his um, another championship with another team. It's it's a it's a great feat. But I'm looking at Jimmy Butler out of all of this and saying." Jimmy was with the Bulls. Jimmy was with Minnesota, Philadelphia, and gets his own place in Miami. Like, I need to be the leader of this team, and he has been. I I think this series says a lot about who Jimmy Butler is and who he's becoming, even more so than what the Lakers are doing.
1: I am lowered by what I've seen from Jimmy Butler. Like, I thought he was, for years, I thought he was like a, a top, you know, 15 player in the league. Um just one of those grindy guys, but not special. Uh, and watching him in the playoffs, in the finals, a special player. He's the guy that you want in the back alley with you, you know, um, when when your life is on the line. Right. Like he leaves it all <laughs> on the, on the court. Like watching him last night is like he's not going to lose this game. You know, he has nothing left in the tank at all, but he's not going to let them lose his game. And more importantly, he's not going to leave it up to, you know, uh, Duncan Robinson or you know any other player when it comes to taking his shot down the stretch. He's going to take. He's going to live and die with whatever he does offensively when it comes to putting the ball in the basket. You know, he puts the ball in the basket. And then you have Le- LeBron on the other hand, you know, where. He's playing a hell of a game, you know. Even at the end of the game, he was playing bully ball, you know. And I'm like, hey, this is this is good to see. LeBron's wearing a mama jersey, you know, channeling mama right now. He's like, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot the ball. And then you get to the last possession, and there's 15 seconds left, and he's passing the ball to Danny Green. Yes, and you're like, you're like, why? You're like, if you're going to lose this game, you know. Lose because you missed the shot. We can live with as, as a as a a fan of the league. I can live with that. Watching that, like, hey, you know what, LeBron, you know, left all on the court, played the hell of a game, um, just missed that last shot. Played a great game, but you passed the ball to Danny Green, but when he touched the ball, you could tell he didn't want anything to do with shooting that ball, but he had to, and he of course missed it. You know, and then you know, obviously, uh. You got, you know, Moore's channeling his uh, uh, J.R. Smith, and <laughs> you know that was pretty much, um, pretty much the game. But like watching, like it's kind of great finals. Like I, I'm, I'm pulling for the Heat. You know, I, I know the chances of them of winning, especially with the injuries. But like just watching the way that Jimmy Butler is playing basketball, and the way he's willing his team to victories over a far more talented Lakers team.
0: You know, it's like, man, you want to see a guy like that rewarded with a trophy. I uh, I, I need to know if uh, Chicago's own Perspectives High School's um, Anthony Davis is healthy enough to play on Sunday. Um, Man, here's what's going to happen. Next time that you uh, and me and Maceo and Terrence, when we get together, we're going to go through the top players that ever played in high school basketball in Chicago. I'm not sure we go. I think we can go 25 deep without saying Anthony Davis. I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying that, like, like nothing yeah. against the 28 yeah. and 12. But it's just like I don't know, I don't know if he's 100. percent That's one thing. But then you make you make the great point about the end of the game, right, dude? This is a chance to win the championship, and so you're trying to make somebody a hero. This ain't a regular season game in February. What the hell are you doing? You know, I mean, LeBron has to, and he scored 40. And I, But, look, I know he scored 40. Like, like yeah. I look at it like, I look at,
1: I'm watching the game, and I'm looking like, hey, you, you, Michael Jordan see Jimmy Butler going at him and putting his team up. Yeah, Kobe Bryant see Jimmy Butler going at him and putting his team up, you know, to win the game. Is Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant passing the ball to Danny Green? If it's five on one,
0: no shot,
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> no shot, no shot, you know, no shot. You know, they're like, Hey, you know what you, I see you, Jimmy, but take that, you know, take this two game winner, right. over. You know, like that's what it is. And, and LeBron's like, Hey, I'm, I'm making the right basketball play. I don't care about the right basketball play. You know, like, yeah, it was the right play. You hit the open man, but that open man was afraid to touch the ball. Like, he was like, oh, oh, he passed it to me. Oh, shit, I have to shoot. Oh. All right. Oh, man. I missed it. I'm sorry. I mean, I know you expect me to miss it anyway, but, you know, uh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 he had no confidence in that shot. Like, no, I like, know. You, you, when you see a player catch the ball and they believe they're going to make that shot, it looks a little different. Danny Green was like a guy, like you, like a kid there was – In the game, was trying to, he was on the court, but he was trying to avoid getting the ball. And the ball found him. He was like, oh, oh, wow, Um, what do I do? Uh, I I guess I'm supposed to shoot. Um, Oh, man. You know, he he didn't want to shoot the ball. LeBron has to, as the best player, he has to take that shot. Um, And to play a game like he played, and then leave it up to Danny Green, you know, it's really unfortunate, you know, to watch, especially the guy who, Brooks watching many of the great players like, hey, you know what? We're going to win and lose with whatever I think. You know, and, and I'm, I can live with that. I can live with that. Even Jimmy Butler was like, hey, isolation. Give me the ball. Um, we, we're going to win and lose with me taking each shot. Right.
0: Yeah, I just... Uh <clears throat> that Mamba uniform thing tripped me out because I'm like, oh, they're undefeated in the Mamba uniforms until last night. Like, but you, but here's the thing: while you don't create your own narrative, man, like you, you, you to make it too perfect. Like, you know, tonight, where's the clinching night? So we're gonna put on, you know, what Kobe would have wanted. Don't do that. Don't do that because yeah. now that just adds more fuel to the heat. And that's saying that the Heat are a great basketball team. But what I'm saying is, is that you just want don't want them on the other side be like, oh, so you're wearing these because you think the series is over. Well, how about this? How about if we do this to you? How about we keep it close? How about Jimmy Butler goes for thirty-five and uh, uh, twelve and eleven? How how about Duncan Robinson has one of the great games of his career? How about that? And how about we beat you with seven players? Right, <laughs> you know, yeah. like they only they only went too deep on the bench with Dollar and, and Kendrick Nunn. So I just, you know, I, I, as, here, here's I respect LeBron James as a basketball player. To a certain generation, this is their Jordan. So I yeah. I totally understand that. But at the same time, you know, there's some certain things he does that it just make, it scratches my head. Like why are you creating your own narrative? like, like well, just just win the games. That's all. It, that's all yeah. that matters. Don't worry about the outside fluff. Yeah,
1: it it, it shouldn't matter. Um, it shouldn't, it shouldn't matter. But especially at this point in his career, but for whatever reason, it's still done. And and I, and I think also we're saying, though that you know, Anthony Davis, you know, is he doesn't have that it either. You know, he he's lacking that it. it you know, and you're you watching two guys who are really talented, um, who, who don't necessarily have that itching. And you need that when it comes when, when there's winning time, especially, you know, um, if it's close, you know, where talent just can't always overwhelm your opposition. You know, and right now we're we're seeing that Jimmy Butler has that itching. You know, yeah. he has it, and he's going to leave everything on that court. You know, um, I I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the next game, you know, they had to bring a stretcher out there for him for the end of the game. <laughs> like, like that's how the guy, that's how he's playing. And, you know, that's what you want. It inspires you in the game to watch something like that. Like, wow, look at this kid. You know, um, he's leading it all on the court. And I don't think, you know – I don't think A.D. Uh, can say the same things. And, you know, uh, when ball is dead
0: green, um, I don't think he can say the same thing. You're not leaving it all in. You have to take that shot. Yeah, I just, you know, you, you can't – you're trying to make things perfect. And, listen, we saw Michael do it with Steve Kerr or to, to guys, but, you know, they were confident in themselves that they could make those shots. You know, but, yep. when, 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 you, but you, when you're that dude – you have to be that guy. If you miss the shot, who's going to be on you? You missed the shot. I mean, that happens to the the best yeah. of. Them. Michael's missed shots. But don't try, to, yeah. try to, don't try to paint that perfect moment like you're like, oh, if if I if he hits the shot, then I'm going to be immortalized. No, it's not about that, bro. It's not about that. No. <laughs> what the hell, man? <laughs> what
1: the fuck? It's just, just, the game. Uh, you you're you're allowing the you're allowing the heat to to help. That's what you and you're allowing you you're giving there's a chance that you may not be helped you know like if it's going to you know that ankle is going to or that heel was going to hold up you know who knows that so you're leaving too much to chance get it over with you know because there's more pressure on you in game six you know because you're trying to avoid you know or whether they call game seven you know and just a little bit more pressure and there's less pressure on the heat now because they're just playing you know it's like hey we have nothing to lose you know so you, you get it over you don't give your opponent an opportunity when you when you have when you have a chance to put them away. and the Lakers have and and i think you know if the Lakers lose this finals the stain on LeBron's career you know it's it's going to be, that finals record to even more magnified like yeah you've gotten to the final what 11 times Mm. Mm-hmm. But you've only won. But you've only won three. You know, like you can't go three and eight in the finals. Um, like we don't consider Jerry West uh, a top two, three player of all time. You know, didn't win enough. You know, he's a logo, but he wasn't winning. Right. So, those rookie teams were kicking his You know, so like you can't be considered one of. You can't be on Mount Rushmore when you're three and eight in the final. You know when. Jimmy Butler beats you in the finals. You know, like, that can't happen. So, yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a little more pressure on and on, on Lakers, but yeah, it's been the, the bubble has been really great basketball. Yeah, and I know you probably can't um, like replicate that next season, um, or hopefully you won't be able to because hopefully we'll have things um, this pandemic under control, but. Like just watching that type of basketball, like it's, i hadn't seen that it's the type of play in years. You know, and it was really, it's really fun to watch. Um, you're seeing a lot of guys who, uh, you know, just—you can tell—they love the game so much. Um, and then, obviously, you see the ones who, you know, were itching to, to leave the bubble. But yeah, it,
0: it's been great. It's been it, great basketball. it has been, and I'll—I'll I'll leave you with this: if—and it's a big what if. If the Heat were able to win this series, and I'm not sure that they can, but if they were, man, let me tell you, LeBron's legacy, oh, (laughs) if he loses this, oh, my God, like that would be, that would set the, that would set the frame. I was talking to uh, Ryan Hollins last night. I was texting back and forth with him. And I said, man, if the and he's he grew up as a Laker fan in Los Angeles. I said, man, if if the Lakers will lose this series, it sets the Lakers franchise back for sure, for sure. It yeah. sets it back like Mamba black black Mamba uniforms. You know, you you think that it's just uh, fate complete that you can beat the Heat and man, it does two things. It sets the franchise back and it puts Eric Spolster in the Hall of Fame for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. For sure. So I don't know, man. So I, you know, I, this has been a weird. Obviously, twenty twenty has been very odd. And my hope is is that we can all get back together and watch football again. Because the, the hood cave is just lonely. It's just me. is alone in a in a sad room with just one bottle of Crown Royal.
1: I don't. I, I, <laughs> it's not. It's not
0: as noisy when you and your brother are going back and forth. You know. About yeah. So uh, I'm,
1: I'm hoping that we can get. Get down there and watch some uh watch some, some Bears playoff games, watch some uh some basketball games going forward and hopefully uh we're, we're all doing the smart thing, you know, uh socially distancing, wearing a mask, washing their hands, you know, and uh so we can uh get back to life as we were we were accustomed to. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like I, I missed the definitely missed the case. I miss, I miss you guys going back and forth when it's a a key part of the Bears game and you guys arguing whether or not Dominique should have won a championship in the NBA or not. I mean that's that's I just missed that. It's nothing like, <laughs> like Maceo after like you know five or six shots. You know, talking about the Atlanta Hawks right. nineteen eighty nine roster. I mean, yeah, but
1: you know what? too? I also like before. I know before you, you go, I, I want to uh, congratulate you on your uh, on your show on the new show. I, I love it, um, and it, and it sounds like I'm not the only one. It looks like I'm not the only one who on loves the show. Uh, it's lots of energy, um, great sports discussion. Uh, this is the way that I remember. You know, um, I'm, I'm not like a, a sports radio head. I only go back to like 2003 when I first started listening to sports yeah. radio. But this reminds me of that. You know, some of the parts of the golden era uh, of sports radio. So, like, it's a great, great show. Um, and, uh, and, and I love the work that you're doing. I love the work that you do. Thank you. I just
0: wanted to congratulate you on that. Thank you, Cuzzle. um I can only do it one way, right? And you do it the right way. I, you know for my times growing up in the business, it is about energy. It's about strong opinions. It's about energy. It's having, but also having fun too. Yeah. I think that my whole thought thought is someone who worked nights for 14 years now doing mornings, like it's all about energy and it's all about making people think people laugh. And I keep every morning, I, I drive in and think about how once I'm downtown and I don't know how often you've been to downtown as of late, Cuzzle, but it, it is sad man it's like yeah you, you see the train go by like at seven o'clock we're, like we could be in a commercial I'll, I'll paint a picture we're in a commercial right so we'll be in a commercial and i'll look outside we're on the seventh floor of the of that building that i work in on state and lake and we can look down at the l tracks and there's like one person two people you look at the, tr- the whole train that comes in on the red line and it's like Three people on a train, four people on a train on in rush hour or what used to be rush hour, you see like you see very few people walking around downtown, and so I always think when I'm driving in, man, we're in a really tough time right now, and so if we can make people laugh or think or smile, um, then I think I've done my job that day because we are going through it. Doesn't matter what side of the aisle that you're on, uh, from an economic standpoint everything that's going on in 2020 that's been upside down, I always think when I take that mic, I gotta be able to entertain, inform, and just have some light moments, man, because we we are going through some deep shit in 2020, wh- however you look at it, and so I think we all can use a little bit of levity and thoughtfulness and, you know, some good sports conversation just to get people's mind off of things, because it's, it's tough. Yeah, it
1: is, and you, and you all are definitely providing that um, and, and, and I know, like you say a lot, like, this is not your giddy this morning show. Like, it's not, <laughs> it's not boring. It's not filled with just a hundred guests. Um, and, like, that's, that's refreshing. That's refreshing for someone who, who wants to hear about Chicago sports. Like, hey, you know what? I can you, you tune in and you don't want to miss anything, you know, because I'm, I'm driving, I, I am driving down to downtown there is my, my youngest son goes to, uh, his school is down there. So, yeah. um, taking him down there, it's like, okay, I got to get out the car and take him in. But, okay, we're going to sit here for another five minutes until the commercial comes on. You know, and then we'll, I'll run out, run up and, you know, and come back down because you don't want to miss anything. That's how great the show is. So, yeah, that it's, uh, it's, it's something that Chi- Chicago Sports Radio has been missing and, and we really needed it. And, and I'm glad you were
0: providing it. I appreciate that. Cap and I have a fun time every morning and uh, we do it. We do it our way. And uh, again, this sh- we just started on August 17th, but, you know, we got a long way to go. I'm, I'm appreciative of everybody, you know, checking in and you've seen the columns. I talked about that in the open, so I definitely appreciate it. We just got to keep going, man. just We just want people to have more people under the tent and feel like, hey, we're not, we're not going to talk down to you. We want you to be part of something special. And so we're growing the show, Absolutely. and we're looking to try to do more. I mean, it's it's been a couple of months, but we're trying to do this. If we're in a great place in the next couple of years, then that's what I'm looking forward to. But so far, so great. <laughs> you know, So I'm having fun. Good to hear. Really good to hear. All right, Cuzzle, Uh Let's see if we can get on the other side of this virus, so we can all get together again and have some cigars and drinks, and you know, argue about the nineteen eighty nine Bulls roster. <laughs> that's not even you. That's 24. just that's just Maceo. That's not. Even, that's, that's right. just, that's... Aaron Pryor was great. Let me tell you, man. Right. Let, let me ask you a question: Marciano or Aaron Pryor? I don't know, Maceo. I don't know stop asking me you know who's really good <laughs> Pernell Whitaker he was really like okay alright alright Pernell Whitaker was great alright alright that's it that's it <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> he, he, was,
1: he was robbed he was robbed <laughs> he beat Chavez <your> that's
0: <laughs> <laughs> They have some good boxing. Uh, I'm gonna just I'm gonna get a whole bunch of like boxing. I'm gonna have him come over. Like here, man, just sit down here and just watch fifteen rounds of boxing from the eighties when they was, you know, when they were tearing their brains out for every punch. Here's what right. you want. <laughs> sit down and watch this. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's his day. Right. See that CTE? Every punch you got a cut con- con- Yeah, I, yeah. That's the good old days. Yeah, <laughs> he's crazy. All right, man. All right, thanks for having me, Cuzzo. All the best to you and the family, Kuzo. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you.